Hello everyone, my name is Brian Sparks and I'm the lead pastor at One Church in Texas. This is the One Church Podcast. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. I pray that this message encourages you and that in our time together you encounter Jesus and that your life will never be the same. Matthew 2 verse 1 through 8, Matthew 2 verse 1 through 8 says this, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where is this Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people of Israel. Then Herod, when he had uh, secretly called the wise men, determined from them the time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. If you're taking notes today, you can title today's message, Mixed Reviews. Mixed Reviews. Lord, right now we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They did not come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So Lord, use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. You know, it it never ceases to amaze me how two people can experience the exact same thing in a different way. Like truly, like it it, it really is. Like I've had people that will tell me that they love a restaurant and then I go to it and it's not very good, at least in my opinion, right? Like I've, I've seen movies that I've had friends that recommend movies to me and I watched the movie and they loved it and I didn't like it at all. Uh, it, what made me think about this is that Crystal and I uh, have, have been driving by a restaurant uh, for 20 plus years. It's in Dallas, uh, and, and we always notice it. Uh, it's a Chinese food place, and I'm not going to name the name because I don't want to get sued. Uh, but but it's, it's, got a, it's got a curious name. Let's just leave it at, at curious. And uh, I'm, I'm a little childish, and so I always point out the name, and, and, uh, and, and we talk about it. Well, we've been talking about this every time we pass by for like 20 years. And so uh, finally, the other day, we were driving by it, and she's like, I'm going to look at the reviews. And so she pulls up the reviews, and it's amazing the, the wide range of reviews. Like, it's all over the place. Like, uh, there was one, the, the two that stood out the most was one said, this is the best Chinese food in the Metroplex. That is a raving five-star review. And then right underneath it, I went there, the food was horrible, and I could barely eat it because the entire place smelled like a sewer. And I'm like, you want to talk about very wide range, some mixed reviews. Like, and then they're all over the place. There's some like, oh, it's okay, you know, and they're all over the place. And, and mixed reviews aren't a, a surprise to us because if you've ever read reviews, you'll know that you see some mixed reviews. Uh, in fact, if you go in, on Google and you look at our church, there'll be people that rave about our church. And then there'll be people that say that they hate our church. So two people are experiencing the exact same thing 
in a completely different way. Side note, if you love our church, go on Google and leave us a good review. If you hate it, listen to your mama, and if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Anyway, but, but it, it's these two different, it's like all these mixed reviews, and, and, and I was thinking about this as, I, as, as Pastor Crystal was ta- uh, talking about the, the mixed reviews from this uh, Chinese food place, and, and I was thinking about how the birth of Jesus had mixed reviews. Like there, there was, like we always think of the joyous occasion, but the truth is, is there was a lot of mixed reviews. There's a lot, like sometimes we take the humanity out of the Bible and we don't realize that like there was some, there was a lot of, even Mary had some mixed reviews about it. Like the, 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 here the angel shows up, like she's engaged to be married. Like she's got her life planned out. If you've ever been a part of planning a wedding, you know that the, 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 all the party is excited and ready and they're picking out flowers and all of this is going on and she's so excited to get married to the love of her life. And here it is, the angel shows up and says, hey, you're gonna be with child. And so you have to know that that's gonna produce some different feelings. It's gonna, it's gonna make her feel, honestly, she felt unsure, she felt unworthy and she felt afraid. Then you have Joseph, who would be Jesus' earthly father, who he finds out, and he's angry, he's jealous, and, and, and he feels betrayed, and then all of a sudden, the angel shows up to him, and now he's just confused. Like, this is, this is a lot. You have Elizabeth, uh, who, whenever she found out that Jesus was coming, she, she was encouraged Encouraging and excited. And she spoke good things over Mary. And then you have the wise men who are in awe. And they come to worship that because God would come to earth. And then there's Herod. Herod has a completely different review. He has a completely different idea of, he finds out that Jesus is coming and he doesn't feel any of the above things. In fact, he feels jealous, he feels insecure, and he starts to try to figure out a way to end this Jesus. And in this passage of scripture, we see so many different reviews, but Herod asked a couple of questions that I think a lot of people are, are still asking today. In fact, around Christmas season, I think people ask this question more, these questions more uh, than any other time. And the, the first question is this. They ask, where is Jesus? Like, like, where is he? In Matthew 2, verse 2 through 4, it says this. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Notice these questions are being asked. Where? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with them. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Again, where is Jesus? Isn't it interesting, though, that that Herod, when he asked the question, where is Jesus? He sends somebody else to find Jesus. And I'll just tell you this, that you cannot find Jesus through someone else. Like you're going to have to encounter him for yourself, right? Like you're going to have to search him out for yourself. And have you ever been looking for something uh, that it turned out that it was there the whole time? 
Come on, don't act like you haven't. Like you're looking for your sunglasses and they're on top of your head. Uh, the other day I, I uh, was uh, hunting, and it, if, if you don't know anything about hunting, that's okay. Um, but it, it, when, you, when you put on hunting clothes, there's like a million pockets. Uh, I don't know why you need so many pockets, but they put a lot of pockets on hunting clothes. And so I, I, it's, it's early morning, and I'm getting ready, and I'm kind of getting all my stuff together. And, and then all of a sudden, I realize I can't find my keys. I don't know where my keys are at. So I'm, I check the ignition. They're not in the ignition. And, and I, I've got my little headlamp on and I'm looking around and I'm digging all, I'm like piling stuff out of my truck and I'm looking through everything. I'm like, where did I, where could I ever have put my keys? I'm on the ground like an idiot searching for keys only to realize that they were in a cargo pant pocket. Why did I use a cargo pant pocket. I don't ever have cargo pant pockets. But for some reason, I put my key there and they were there the whole time. Sometimes we're looking for things that were there the whole time. And here's a few other things. Uh, There was a woman lost her wedding ring in 1995. And 16 years later, she found it while she was picking carrots. I had one guy come up to me after first service and goes, oh, it wasn't that big a deal. It was only a carrot. (laughs) Uh, all the parents, come on, you know this one. Uh, so he, uh, the brother couldn't find his keys and he was late for work. Uh, and turns out his two-year-old son had actually borrowed them and he found them later. Here they are right here. Hmm. That'll make you so angry. I left them right here. Um, somebody lost the sixth book in a series of books that they had. And after two months, they finally found it. And here it was. It's some of this, some of y'all are going to take a little while to get this. This is a real bummer. In 1986, uh, a friend had uh, bought a ticket to see Prince live in Copenhagen and uh, he lost uh, it and couldn't go. 29 years later, he finds the unused ticket in the back of a book that he had been reading. So he didn't get to go. And and here's the thing is like, sometimes we search for something that has been there the whole time. And I think that sometimes around Christmas, a lot of people are searching for Jesus. Where is Jesus? Like maybe you came in today and you're like, where is, like there was a time when he felt like he was so close to me. There was a time when I could feel his presence, but now it feels like I can't find him and I don't know where he went and I'm searching for him. Maybe you're out there and you're like, man, I've never known this Jesus. I don't know. I, I came in today with questions and I, I'm wondering where is Jesus? And, and I want you to know that Jesus has been with you the whole time. In fact, the Bible says that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. In Psalms 139, verse 7 through 10, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there you Your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Can I tell you, friend, that Jesus cannot be misplaced and Jesus cannot be lost, that he is right with you wherever you are. The second question Herod asked, and I think a lot of people are asking, is when can I encounter Jesus? 
When can I have an encounter with Jesus? In Matthew 2, verse 7, it says, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. He's wondering, when can I have this encounter? We're getting close to the end of the year, and as we get approach the end of the year, a lot of times we begin to think about our New Year's resolutions, right? Like we begin to think about, hey, what are you going to do this year? Like what's, what's the new, new year, new me? You know, like whatever. You're going to finally use that gym that you've had a membership for for 20 years, you know, and you've never gone to it. Like, like there's all these things like I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to live on a budget. I'm going to stop doing Amazon shopping. You are like the devil is a liar. All the husbands are like, amen. Uh, like, like there's all these things that we're going to do when a new year comes around. And, 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 and I, I was wondering, like, why do we do, why do we put off life being changed? Why do we put off these things until a new year? Like, what makes it, can I just say that today's December 17th, and exactly one year ago, it was December 17th. So every day is a new, a chance to start. Every day is a new beginning. Like you don't have to wait till January 1 to do anything. Why do we always wait till Monday to start a diet? Well, I'm going to start on Monday morning. Well, what's wrong with Saturday morning? Well, I plan on eating like a junk, a lot of junk food, right? Like I got to get all of it in. I got to get all, like, why do we wait? And I think the same thing, because we have this mentality in our mind that everything has to be perfect. That, that everything has to line up and everything has to be perfect. And, and we carry this over into Christianity. We carry this over into our spiritual lives. And in fact, we step back and we say, you know what? When January 1 rolls around, then I'm going to start reading my Bible. When January 1 rolls around, I'm going to start going to church every week when I can be there. When January 1 rolls around, I'm going to start living my life better. I'm going to stop doing the things that I know that I shouldn't do. When January 1 rolls around, all all my life is going to be better. And I'm going to focus on my spiritual growth and spiritual health. Can I tell you that you do not have to wait till January 1st. That today is a day that you can encounter God. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to have an encounter with you right here and right now? You don't have to wait till Sundays though. Because he wants to encounter you on Monday morning. He wants to encounter you on Tuesday morning. You can have an encounter with God in your shower. You can have an encounter with God mowing your yard. You can have an encounter with God washing the dishes. God wants to meet with you wherever and whenever you are. You don't have to wait for a special occasion to have an encounter with Jesus. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Can I tell you, friend, that if you ask for him, you will get him? If you seek him, you'll find him. And if you knock, he will always be there to open the door. It's not on just on January 1, not just on your birthday, not just on Monday, but every time you knock, he will always be there to open the door. The announcement of Jesus' birth was an invitation to all humanity to have a relationship with God.
The announcement of Jesus' birth is not an invitation to religion. Because religion was already here. But it was an invitation to relationship. An invitation that now we could come boldly into the throne room of grace. That Jesus had come to earth to redeem us from all of our sin. And you get to choose how you respond to that invitation. Every one of us have a a choice to make. Every one of us have a decision to make. Uh, And I think most people respond in one of three ways when it comes to the invitation that Jesus came to bring all humanity. And the first thing is, is they uh, they respond with indifference. Like, it's just whatever. It's no big deal. It's like, yeah, you do you, I'll do me. Like, I, 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 when they, they hear the Christmas story, it's just, they're just indifferent about it. The second way that they respond, come on, this has become more and more prevalent, is hostility. Uh, people don't like what Jesus stands for. They don't like his morals or his, what, what he preached. They don't, they don't like that. And so they respond with hostility. And the third way that we can respond is we can respond with worship. This is the way that we all should respond when we hear that the announcement, the best announcement ever, and the invitation that Jesus has come to earth. And I think the reason why most people respond in a negative way when they hear the invitation is because they have the wrong view of Jesus. I'll just say this, that sometimes people have the wrong view of Jesus because Christians have represented Jesus wrong. I'll just say this personally. Sometimes I have represented Jesus wrong. I'm not always loving and caring as I look on stage. If you came in today looking for a perfect pastor, you have not found him. Because I've got stuff, right? Sometimes I get mad in traffic. No? no none of y'all? Okay. Man. Y'all, y'all, I know y'all are all perfect. I mean, you're here, right? Like you're, you're all perfect, but you know somebody who hasn't represented Jesus. And the person that you know is your pastor, right? Like, like I'm not always perfect, right? And sometimes we represent, and I think people get the wrong idea of who Jesus is. In fact, they, they have this idea of God, like he's mean, he's angry, he's vindictive. I can't come to church. The whole ceiling would come in. Where'd you get that? Like, I I can't come to church. Like, if I come to church, like, God's going to get me. He might strike me down. Like, what? And what they're saying is, I have a view of God that he's the Wizard of Oz. Like, how dare you approach my, if you, you know, like the wizard, whenever they come in, like, he's a man behind the curtain. How dare you? And they're shaking and they're so scared. If you want something from me, you got to do something, like, like, you got to do something for me first. Like, like, it's nearly like this idea of he's angry and he's mean and he's vengeful. And I'll just say this, that if you have the wrong view of God, you will never have a right relationship with God. When I see God the right way, that he is a father who loves me. He is a father who cares for me. Right? When I I see God for who he really is, it changes the way I approach him. Matthew 1, 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, I love this, God with us. God wanted to be with us so bad. This is the God we serve. 
This is the God who loves you. There's some three very practical and very simple, but they're powerful truths, and I want to remind you of them today, and that's the first thing is, is that Jesus loves you. Like, Jesus loves you. John 3, 16, And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I tell you, I love you, but I so love Crystal. You with me? I I love you, but I so love my son and my daughter. And God so loved you that he gave heaven's best for you. Jesus loves you. And he came to establish a relationship with you again. Like he came to bridge the gap. The announcement of Jesus coming to earth is an announcement that would change everything. That God would be with us. That God would come for us. And the reason why God came for us is because Jesus loves you. He doesn't love the future you, the one that's got it all together. Come on, the one that's going to happen on January 1st. He, he does, he does, he, Jesus loves the past you. Jesus loves the present you. And Jesus loves the future you. In fact, Jesus does not, there's not, like his, his love is, is unconditional, meaning there's nothing that you can do to make him love you more or less. Jesus loves you. I love Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrate his own love towards us. And that while we were still broken, while we're still flawed, while we're still failing, while we're still far away, he loved us and Christ died for us. Carl Barth is a famous theologian. And and, uh, he was asked one day, he was being interviewed and he was asked to sum up all of his biblical knowledge into one sentence. He said, if they said, if you can sum it all up, everything that you know, into one sentence, what would it be? He thought for a moment and he said this, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Can I tell you, you can never outgrow that truth. That Jesus loves you. The second thing I want you to know is that Jesus came for you. He came for you. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. I think sometimes when we read this, we forget that God included us in the us. Like we're a part of the us. And we look at the people around us and maybe you look at the worship teams and and you're saying, well, I understand that God came for them, but man, I am messed up and I am broken. But I want you to know that God came for you. That Jesus came for you. That Jesus said, you know what? I, 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 he looked at you and he came for you. In fact, if you were the only person that needed a savior, he would have come for you. And when I make it personal, when I realize that he loved me so much, that he came for me, it changes everything. For unto us, for unto me, a child is born. For unto me a son is given. It changes everything. Can I tell you, friend, that he came for you? That he loves you? The third thing I want you to know is that Jesus is inviting you. 
He's inviting you. In fact, the invitation is open. In Romans 10, 13, it says this, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Notice it says whoever. It's whoever. You're a part of whoever. Calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And at the end of your life, friend, you're going to stand before God. Every one of us is going to stand before God. And God's going to ask us one question. And that question is going to be, what did you do with the invitation? Let let me rephrase it. What did you do with Jesus? And a lot of people are going to go, well, you know, I went to church. Well, I served. Well, I, 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 you know, I gave. Well, I tried to be a good person. And while all of those things are good, it's not the right answer. Because the question is, what did you do with Jesus? What did you do with the invitation? It's, it's did you respond with indifference or did you respond with hostility? And the only right response is, I bowed my knee and I made him my Lord. I made him my Savior. I, 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 I was so amazed that God would come just for me, that God would love me. I live my life for him. Matthew 7, 22 and 23. This is a verse that always confused me for a long time. And then I finally understood it. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I don't know about you, but that's a big three. Like they prophesied, they cast out demons, they did wonders. Like that's a big three. And then he goes on, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. And what this verse is telling us is that works don't get you there. Relationship with Jesus gets you there. What are you doing with the invitation? You don't have to wait till Christmas. You don't have to wait for a new year. Can I tell you today that you can accept the invitation that God has freely given all of us? Revelations 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, come on, some of you are hearing his voice. If anyone opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Can I ask you the question today, friend? What have you done with the invitation? What have you done with Jesus? With every head bowed, every eye closed in both of our locations, even online. Maybe you're hearing my voice today and the answer to that question is, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. But today I want to. Maybe the answer to that question is, you know what, I accepted that invitation, but I walked away. And I know that I am not living my life the way that God wants me to live my life. Today, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm not waiting until January 1st. I'm not waiting until Christmas Day. I want to do it right here and right now. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three in just a moment, wherever you are. When I hit three, I just want you to boldly slip your hand up quickly and you can put it right back down. And we're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. And I believe 
when you pray this prayer, if you believe it in your heart, your life will never be the same. You say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. One. Brian, today I need to rededicate my life to Jesus too. Brian, will you pray that prayer with me? Three. Wherever you are, you can just slip your hands up quickly and put them right back down. Amen. Amen. God loves you. See those hands. God loves you. Anybody else? There you go. Amen. God loves you. It's an open invitation. Can we pray this prayer with everybody that raised their hand today? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take my sin. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name. And everybody who believed it said, Amen, amen. Come on, give it up for every person that prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited. We want to celebrate with you. If you would do us a favor, just pull out your phone and text the keyword DECIDED to 903-634-7135. Again, that's DECIDED to 903-634-7135. We're not going to stalk you. We just want to celebrate what God has begun in your life. Make sure you have everything you need as you continue in this incredible journey of faith. And if you need a Bible, we want to be sure and get a Bible in your hands because it will change your life. Amen. We love you so much. Have an awesome Sunday. Thank you so much for listening to this message. A special thanks to those who give generously to One Church. It's because of you that lives are being impacted all over the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit subscribe for more messages like this. Share this with a friend, post it on social media, and be sure to tag us at I Am One Church. Thanks again for listening.